When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to another episode of That's Rap Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jay Rosales. Happy to join you today. We're recording this on Friday, August the 13th, which is the Happy day Friday after. The 13th. My, it's Friday the 13th, but it's actually kind of lucky in this household. It's actually the day after my daughter, my eldest daughter's birthday. So if there's any screaming in the background, you'll know why. She's uh, got some friends over and she's enjoying her time. Either but you know that or Rockets just got traded. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> so ecstatic yeah yeah <laughs> it's true. so you know as, as she has a fun time with her friends in the next room we're gonna have some fun over here in this office well i'm interested in this office and us on this podcast as we talk to you guys about summer league about this whole Dragic situation and everything that's going down with the raptors scotty barnes has made his appearance like it's it's fun times all around as you continue to hear outside my door but <laughs> enough about me dre what's going on man how you doing uh, exhausted from the heat, but otherwise, this is your typical off season. We've got some, uh, you know, summer league goodness. Uh, we've got some still stuff that's that's up in the air. Um, and we just have some things to talk about. What's this Raptors team looking like? Doesn't matter right now. Hmm. Jace, how are you doing? Oh, good, man. Again, happy Friday the thirteenth. The my favorite Fridays. Uh, and happy happy birthday to your to your daughter Jay. Um, yes, happy birthday. It's 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 good to talk to both of you guys. I mean, it's funny how even during the summertime where it is hot, it is hot outside. I hope you guys are staying hydrated. Uh, but it's always fun to talk about Raptors. The Raptors are playing in summer league right now. As we were recording, they are two and one in the tournament. But until we get into all of that, because there is a lot, welcome everyone uh to that's a rap podcast a podcast by raptors fans for raptors fans if you're a raptors fans thank you for sticking with us if you're a non-raptors fan and just curious about what we think about scotty barnes one we love him and two thank you for joining us so we got a lot to talk about uh jay do you want to start us off man i know you were the one who who kind of wrote this schedule out and i can't wait to dabble into the drogic situation the the rule situation the summer league shoot man we got a lot to talk about let's start off with drogic bro yeah let's start off there and it feels like we've been talking about this for months i know free agency just opened about 10 ish days ago but 
this thing keeps going on. And last we had heard, yes, the, the trade was official. Lowry is officially with the Heat. The Miami Heat today, their Twitter account released a video showing Lowry showing up to the facility. And uh, it was one of those I'm not crying, you're crying moments. Uh, it was really <laughs> nice just, to see him. Can I just shout out to like yeah. Raptors PR? Because like out of all the videos that have come out in like it, since I've been a fan, Raptors videos and could be the bias of me are so much better. So much, anything. so much better. Because this this Raptor, this Lowry one, maybe it's just weird for him to be happy to be in Miami. <laughs> but it's just it was so cringeworthy, man. And he's in like a a, a dress shirt, and I'm just not yeah, used to him. He, he looks too formal. Like, come on, man. We we know you want to be in your sweats. Let's be real. Yeah, exactly. In his like Canada Goose OVO sweater or something like that. <laughs> So yeah, so over over in Miami, he's he's starting to get his get into his new digs. You know, he's he's happy whether whether we like it or not as Raptors fans. But on on this side of the pond, Dragic uh, had an interesting interesting week, and uh, this this saga continues. So one part that we'll discuss. So let's start with this here. Is earlier this week he was on Slovenian Slovenian TV and. Something was lost in translation, and I'll admit I was quick to jump to conclusions here. But the translation came out as him saying that he didn't want to be in Toronto. So, Jason or Dre, feel free to jump in with your thoughts on that. How did you initially react? I know I initially thought, okay, this is not good at all. This is hmm. absolutely plummeting on his uh, his his trade value, and it's not a good look when you're. If you're not looking to, to be with your new team, it had you know visions of Alonzo Mourning all over again. Oh God! But I was then just... it, it quickly turned around. It was a, a, I guess, a PR nightmare, as it were, and he quickly backtracked. But anyways, what are you guys' thoughts on, on what he said and his his, I guess, apology after and, and where he currently sits with the Raptors? Knowing his work ethic, because uh, I, I wasn't always a Miami Heat fan, but once uh, in like the last couple of years, I think it was uh, you know like the final year of Dwayne Wade and just seeing like this young core and then Jimmy Butler being a part of it. I've seen Dragic for a couple of years. Also seeing him play internationally, he's always kind of been this voice of trying to like get people to like you know pick their heads up, keep playing, fight until the end. Um, you know he wanted to play in the in the finals when he was injured. He's just forced to be reckoned with. So naturally, that means that he's also obsessed with the idea of perseverance to win. So when he said something like, Toronto's off the team right now. I'm, try- I'm trying to set my, my sights a little bit higher. It sounds yeah, like... Yeah, exactly. It sounds like, well, he doesn't care about Toronto because uh, they're in rebuild mode or whatever, and he wants a better team. What I feel like he was trying to say was, they won a championship not that long ago and he wants to like go the distance um which i don't know given his backpedaling i'm not entirely sure if that's actually what he was intending on saying initially but i believe it to some extent because you know here's a guy who loves competing and he loves doing things to grit and grind away having said that though this isn't like you joined the championship Raptors team. This is two seasons afterwards. There's no Kawhi. There's no Danny Green. There's no Kyle Lowry anymore. Like, you're the guy who got traded for him. So there's no Lowry. There's no Powell. A lot of key pieces are gone. A lot of key pieces. So this would be like starting at square one. 
I like Dragic a lot, but not the greatest first impression, especially because, let's be honest, a lot of people who follow sports, if they follow Toronto, because they live in Toronto, they're not really paying attention to anyone else until we face them. So if they don't know just how good Dragic was, because he's past his prime now, but still is a valuable player, but especially how good he was and his work ethic, they're not going to care now because he's really, you know, shot himself in the foot right now. Yeah, um, I agree with you. I So I think we were, at first when we heard about that, and I think there's a lot of loss in translation going on um, when it comes to his remarks and during Slovenian TV because I believe he was playing uh, for uh, his country and he was on the high of that country uh, or playing for that country and he wants to be talking about, you know, his... Uh, like his teammate uh, Luka Doncic or like you know what what he wants to do uh, for his future and then somebody asked him about his trade in Toronto and so that came out you know with I don't want to play there and I have higher ambitions like I can understand two two ways like I understand where it comes from the Toronto Raptors size like nobody wants to hear that their team uh, doesn't want to be who like gets traded there they don't want to play there. Like, it sucks, right? At the same time, I think we have to backpedal just a bit and be like, listen, one, I, he he is an aging point guard. He's I think he's about 35, and he wants to win a ring. He doesn't have one. And let's be honest, Raptor fans, we're not there yet. We're not going to, you know, go for a championship. I feel like we are a playoff team, but as for, you know, being there against Brooklyn Nets or the uh, – the Milwaukee Bucks. We might be like an eight seed at best as well. Exactly. Like seven, eight. So when it comes to players wanting to play for a championship team, we see it with freaking Wessel Westbrook. With like, we see it with uh, PJ Tucker. We see these players who want to play with championship inspiring teams, and I get it. I get it where Doncic is coming from. Now, um, for the Raptors fans who is like, hey, we like we don't uh, obviously we don't like it. Let's let's here's the here's the other thought. I don't know about you guys, but I honestly don't feel like Drogic is really part of the team anyways because the Raptors organizations felt like while the trade was happening with Kyle Lowry, they were trying to get a third team anyway. So, yeah. so Doncic knew – or not Doncic, sorry. Drogic knew that he was going to be traded anyways or at least tried to be traded. So he doesn't, what, he doesn't want to be part of the team who wants to trade him anyways. So the the whole fact about him not wanting to be there i mean let's be real raptors didn't want him anyways so there's like it it's just it's 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 funny where um we as raptors fans we always take the underdog mentality and we've succeeded in that thoroughly we won a championship 2 years ago that's what what uh, Dragic is saying as well uh so we are always going to have that chip on our shoulder but i think raptor fans I think we all got to take a step back, realize that we have a good, not rebuilding, maybe a retooling team that is uh, fit for the future. And I don't think Raptors organizations, nor does Dragic feel like they fit in together anyways. Now, Jay, I want to know what you think about the options that Dragic and the Raptors have. Yeah, and there are quite a few, and they actually do favor the Raptors. And I think that that apology by Dragic really does kind of bring it back to the forefront that okay, this is a workable solution. If, if that apology didn't come out, or if at least that clarification that there was something lost in translation there, then we'd be in a very awkward position here. But yeah. I think it's... Also, it shout out to 
shout out to Michael Grange for like taking that and like running with it. You know, like yeah. I don't know who contacted who, but Michael Grange, Michael Grange was straight. Like they saw the Twitter, he saw everything that was going on with uh, Twitter beef, and then Michael Grange was like, "All right, let me contact Project. Let me get his agent on the line or something." Like, well done. Right, right, exactly. And and the options now that that are laid out, there the way I see it is there are four options here. Uh, one is to still continue looking for a Drogic trade, and that I I don't think that now is the ideal time to do that because it does sound like whatever it is the Raptors wanted, they weren't getting, and it could be one small item that's just like they're they're almost there but not there yet, and it could have the, been a Philadelphia thinking Ben Simmons is worth too much. I mean, <laughs> who knows? Yeah, be. yeah, and and yeah. that's you know we we we're not in the boardrooms listening to what the trade offers are and we know how tight-lipped the Raptors front office is. So, you know, that's one option is trade him now. But I think that the thinking behind this is there's there's if if he does get traded, whether it's to Dallas or someone else, the ideal return package is not it, the return package is not going to be ideal because it, it would almost feel like they're settling. Um but also there's no rush in trading him, right? There's there's a and this leads us to the second option is to trade him later in this offseason. Um, one suggestion that came from, I believe it was Mark Stein was saying, or maybe it was John Hollander, was just waiting until October 1st. Because October 1st is when Moses Brown, who was acquired uh, through the Celtics, I believe, uh, via the Thunder, he will be trade eligible. And that could be the missing piece that they're waiting on. Maybe they already have a deal saying, hey, okay, we'll trade you Powell and Moses Brown when he's available, and then we'll get Dragic and everyone's happy. Um, that's a possibility to so just trade him later and that for now, like both teams will just play nice and play it off that, you know, their their Dragic is going to be on the squad. The third option, which I think a lot of fans are starting to settle in on, I think, is just keeping Dragic, right? He he does actually fill a need here in Toronto. We entered this offseason in need of big men, and now after the draft and after how the free agent signings have gone, it's now the opposite end of the spectrum where the Raptors are kind of light on the guard side. So if Dragic ultimately stays, and that's actually not bad. He can be a good sixth-man option off the bench. He's done that in Miami. He's done that in Phoenix. He's been really great in that role. And the final option is to buy him out. And I don't think that that's on the table, in all, in all honesty. Um, let's just use the example of Kemba Walker last uh, last week, he was bought out by the Thunder. But in getting bought out, he, so he had two years and $76 million left. He got paid about 55 million, which is still a lot. But that also means he gave up $20 million. I'm not saying that Dragic, who has $20 million left on his one year, is going to lose that much money. But he's going to be losing a significant amount of money, probably at least half. So if he really wants out of Toronto, it's going to cost him $10 million at least. So I don't think that's good for either side. Um, I don't think that that's going to be an option. So that's kind of what it is. Does, do any of those you know, jump out to you guys as, as the best option for Toronto? Well, first off, don't, don't have this discussion too loud in front of Schroeder, who will like, you know, <laughs> kick himself if he hears that this is bad. If this is bad, then anyway. <laughs> yeah. That's when uh, betting on yourself goes horribly wrong. <laughs> well, okay. I, I think – so I don't know what about Dre or, or you, Jay, but I'm definitely on the same boat of keeping Drogic. 
um, may, there's a couple of reasons why I think Jay, you really alluded to how we are kind of guard short. Uh, it's it's almost like if you're on the team, you're either uh, you know uh, just under six or you're six nine, and you're a forward. <laughs> Those you are know? your only two options. Two options. We don't have anybody in between, and for someone like Dragic, who is still pretty good. I mean, last season he yeah, I don't think he played too much but i mean his career is you know 13.9 points 36.4 from three 3.1 rebounds 4.8 assists like he's still a, a serviceable player and i don't think he's going to be as impactful as someone like lowry i think lowry is is not only does he put up the stats but it's all the intangibles that he does we don't know goran as as well as we knew kyle when he was playing or off the court but i feel like Dragic is still pretty good and as alluded to what Dre said, right now is not a time to trade Dragic, knowing that teams are going to know that he, they want out, right? That's why no one's biting on Daryl Morey's uh, situation with with, Ben's, with Ben Simmons. Um, if your trade option is so low, they're just going to give you a second-round pick and leave it to it, right? But if you have Dragics to play for, I don't know, until the trade deadline, let him you know, prove that he still wants to play because he still wants to play. He still wants to be a, a, on a title contender. So make sure that he does well uh, and put his trade value up a little bit more. And then we get something out of it because at this moment, I feel like the Raptors traded for Precious Achua and Drogic is more of a throw in. So let's try to get something out of Drogic by keeping him for a little bit longer to see where he can bring and elevate his game a little bit and see where it's at right now. I don't think it's a good idea to trade him or do anything. Let him be a Raptor, see how it is, see how it goes. And then we'll see what happens later on. I agree with that. Uh, we also have to put up with the unfortunate reality that small market teams and Toronto, um, just in general, nobody ever wants to play for us. But then once they're here, they might change their mind. So one of those players was Kyle Lowry. So you never know. Dragic could see, hey, this is exactly the type of team I want to play for. They have that hard work ethic. They don't just get by on money. They want to strive to be champions, even if the odds are against them. That's the, exactly the type of team that Dragic has basically idealized this entire time. And when they almost won a championship, I'm telling you, if Dragic didn't go down, that Lakers championship might not have been so easy. So when they when they, when they they got to the finals and they almost won a championship, that would have been like exactly the type of championship that Dragic would have set for. The underdogs got here through hard work, Jimmy Butler like passing out over the stanchions, like whatever it is, like, that type of work ethic and Toronto is one of those markets where or Toronto is one of those teams where that's always been the case where you look at like uh, David Sotomayor, you look at um, Junkyard Dog, Oakley when he joined us, so many of the early teams that are like, if you just keep going on throughout the years, you're not going to find a lot of flash outside of like a natural talent like Vince Carter who left anyway, or uh, like a Kawhi Leonard, who, you know, we, we picked up. So, you know, we, we got him in a trade. Otherwise, everything else, like DeRozan, uh, Lowry. Lowry wasn't at his best until he joined us. A lot of this comes from people who they find their heart in Toronto and they do whatever it takes to try and do well. So knowing the type of player he is, this could be beneficial if he's open-minded, which I feel like he is. He's more open-minded I, yeah, than he yeah. thought. 
I don't think Drogic is the type of player who's going to be like, I don't want to be here, shit me out. I don't think he's going to pull of uh, Andre Iguodala on the Raptors. I feel like if he were to be asked to stay and play, he's going to play and just put his head down and just keep going until something happens. We don't know what happens. But I, I have, I doubt, like, you know, taking into consideration what Raptors fans are telling him or saying that you don't want, he doesn't, he, we don't want him. I don't think it really matters to him. I think it's just, he's just going to play and play out his contract or play until he's traded or something like that. Regardless, wherever he is or wherever he's going, if he's going to stay, if he's going to be somewhere else, he's going to play. And that's kind of what I like about keeping Drogic. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with everything you guys said. And, you know, because of his age that again, that's another factor that works in the Raptors favor, right? You cannot, at the age of 35, you can't be wasting your time sulking and hoping to get in a, in a better situation. You just got to play. That's all you've got left. These are the last few years of your career. So might as well play it out and, and give it your all. Um, and, you know, we we reference in this Dragic situation. I mean, we didn't even touch upon the other part I want to talk about, which was the league is investigating tampering. Uh, so yeah. 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 that's another side of this that we need to discuss, guys. Like, so the NBA is, is investigating this trade as well as the New Orleans-Chicago sign-in trade with Lonzo Ball. Uh, and now let, let's face it, guys. Tampering is happening all over the NBA with every single team. The NBA knows that. We know that. So why would the NBA single out these two instances? And it's not because the NBA has it out for these specific fan bases as much as the conspiracy theorists would like to surmise. It's because... If you think about the timing of it, right? Like free agency opens at 6 p.m. And then obviously you see Woj and Cham open up all their tweet drafts and just lay them all out. They've been sitting there waiting to be announced that all of these free agency signings have happened. Technically, you can say, hey, you know what? Right at 6 o'clock, I got a call, I got an offer, and I signed it. And sure, it happened. So that one is probably a bit harder to prove that there was tampering. But a sign and trade, there's a lot of moving parts to that, right? So... If that gets announced, as the Lonzo Ball one was announced right at 6.01, or the fact that Dragic picked up, uh, sorry, his team option was picked up before free agency hit as an indicator that he'd be traded, uh, that starts to get a little bit fishy. So when it comes to signing trades and those being announced right at the opening bell, as it were, of free agency, those are the ones that will be picked up by the NBA as, okay, you guys are going to be the scapegoats here. I'm going to make a, uh, an example out of you like I did with the Milwaukee Bucks last year in the Bogdanovich deal. So that's where it currently sits. The NBA is currently investigating. Uh, guys, any thoughts on on what the NBA is doing and maybe some thoughts on what you think the outcome will be? Uh, a couple of things that I'm, I'm wondering is, well, you know, initial thoughts is, one, uh, of course, there is tampering involved. I don't know if people are just talk, calling it tampering or NBA is calling it tampering, but you really don't think that players are not talking to each other uh, outside of the NBA bubble. You really don't think that in Team USA in Tokyo, they weren't talking to each other. Do you really think that LeBron James casting uh, Damian Lillard and Clay Thompson, you don't think that for Space Jam 2, you don't think that, that was, there was tampering going on? There is tampering going on every single day. So, of course, this is happening. 
Now, why the the these two in particular, these two trades in particular, are uh, being you know scapegoated? I'm not too sure, but it's just funny because you <laughs> you know like uh, now the NBA is investigating uh, tampering issues when when really everybody knows is tampering. Now, my second thought is if something uh, out of the ordinary does is being found, I don't think this affects the Raptors because one. The I don't think you know they're going to you know X the trade contracts have been signed you know uh, T's have been crossed I's have been dotted so I, like Lowry is a Heat and Dragic is a Raptor um, but if anything I believe the uh, penalties if you will are is like a million dollar fine for a team and possibly draft picks being taken away now I think that means that that would go towards the person who was trying to trade. Am I right? Am I correct on that? Yeah, yeah. And, and just that a quick, that, yeah, yeah, go yeah. And, and the quick clarification on the numbers: the fine can be up to ten million. And 10 I think million. the the early guess here is that because of what happened to Milwaukee last year, I forgot how much they were fined. It was something like one or two million plus a second round draft pick. The the implication here is that it's probably going to be in the five to ten million range because. There is a precedent now, right? It's not like you're the first offender in this. You're going to get hit hard with this. And yes, you're right. The one who will get hit would be the Heat in this scenario, mm-hmm. right? And not the Raptors. Um, you know, looking through the, the the legal jargon, there other possible ramifications would include, um, you know, people losing their jobs. We're talking about executives getting suspended or fired. What? We're talking about the possibility of. There's even one that says that. The, the offending party, this being the Heat, would owe the offended party, the Raptors, a draft pick. Now, again, that's that's okay. not likely to happen, but it is in there in the in the legal jargon. So the the, the book's kind of open here in terms of what, what could happen to the Heat and the Raptors. It doesn't look like the Raptors are going to be hit with anything here. But, um, you know, if we're going to base this off of what happened to the Bucks last year, yeah, you're, there's probably going to be a fine and probably going to be a lost draft pick. But um, the possibility of there being something coming along the way to the Raptors is is, is there, um, as unlikely as it might be. But um, yeah, uh, Dre, any thoughts on this? I mean, I don't know what else to say. I was actually wondering why these were the exemplary cases. But I feel like uh, once you brought up, you know, the, the timing and, and the natures of these deals, that makes perfect sense. It's... Uh, it's mightily unfortunate because I feel like, like, like you brought up earlier, every team is tampering. Like it's not, it's not a secret. If you can't tell that, then it's just, I mean, it is what it is. Um, like it's one of those things where I understand why the case needs to be made, but you're not stopping anyone. It's just going to keep happening. And I feel like you're penalizing two teams that, aren't really, you know, they're not like super teams. They're not getting by because they're loaded with cash. Like, Yeah, these aren't the Lakers or the, or, the, or the Nets or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. You're like, you're, you're kind of attacking the teams that, you know, you're not attacking New York. You're not attacking Brooklyn. You're not attacking the Lakers. I, I don't have much more to say than that. Just every team is doing it. It doesn't make it okay. But I feel like, I feel like singling out, singling out these teams is kind of just lazy. If you're going to go about it, why don't you go for like the, like the moves that actually matter the most? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the 
analogy that comes to mind is, you know, people are driving on a street with a speed limit of 60. Everyone's going 80 and they pick out the Toyota Corolla that's going 80 and they pick out, uh, you know, and sorry to Toyota Corolla owners. I'm just picking you out here and not picking on the Porsche is, is, yeah, exactly. That's, that's my point here. Right. And and I think the point that you're trying to make, so it is again, unfortunate that they're picking on this, but um, at the same time, it is what it is. And someone's got to get a speeding ticket. So apparently it's going to be, the heat and the uh, I guess the bulls in this in this scenario, but enough about that. But let's stick to what the NBA is doing because they're also trying to make some moves uh, to rules, and this one's pertaining to offensive foul baiting. Uh, and so I'll just quickly go through what the four new rules are going to be to be installed. I believe this upcoming season. The first one is. The shooter, uh, so these are, are calls that are going to be made now on on specific um, moves. So it'll be offensive fouls will be called on these specific moves. So number one, the shooter launches or leans into a defender at an abnormal angle. Uh, I'd like to call this the the Luka Doncic. Uh, so that one's going to be There's an offensive so foul. So many. You can meet Luka Doncic, Trey Young, James Harden. <laughs> I'm telling you, this was the scene oh for God. James Harden to win a championship because now he's not going to win a championship. Doesn't matter if Brooklyn's the same team. He's not going to be nearly as good. And if, if and if it's not that call, there's there's three more. The next one, the offensive player abruptly veers off his path sideways or backwards into a defender. I'd like to call that one the Trey Young. Actually, that's that's his specialty. Okay, actually, yeah. yeah. Also, the Kyle Lowry. To be honest, Kyle oh, Lowry. I'm, I'm saving Kyle Lowry for the fourth one. It, it's it's the, the it's the the point guard of 2020. That's what. It yeah, is. Exa- exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's Trey Young. It's Steph Curry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next one we have here: the shooter kicks his leg up or to the side at an abnormal angle. I don't have an example here, but do you guys have one? Uh, someone who kicks their leg out a lot? Uh, the reverse toss of Pachulia. I don't know. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> He's um, catching, you know, uh, he's catching strays here. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to. I don't. I would say maybe the Bradley Beal. It's Bradley Beal. Does he, does he kick it out? I, don't, I, 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 I just can't I think would, of anyone right now. Like the example more, that the NBA gave was uh, there was a a video that they posted and it was of Dylan Brooks doing it and it was a very blatant kick out. But I yeah. feel like I don't know someone like a Zach Levine feels like he's the type to kick out his leg. But I, I, I can't think of a specific example. Kicking that out while they're shooting, correct? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like um, I think Westbrook does that. Yeah, he 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 does. There's somebody else I'm trying to think of that I can't pinpoint. I feel like I might have been Trey Young as well. Yeah, but but and, see, and that because there's a, there's a shooting motion. Like I think that's what uh, players would argue about because you watch someone but kicking yeah, you're like, your leg out is not a shooting motion. Right. <laughs> but you saw, you watch someone like Debo, right? You if yeah. you, he's a straight mid range shooter and he's not too much of a catch and shoot so when, he, when he's driving to his right side his strong side and then he goes for a mid-range he kind of twists his body where his his leg kicks out quote unquote yep. to the side so it's like it's really difficult to say that one um but if there's yeah. a blatant kick like like draymond green or something he like kicks the air when he shoots then yeah <laughs> i think he kicks the air when he rebounds i think that's what <laughs> I, guys i don't think he's kicking air <laughs> <laughs> very valid point yeah unless yeah. you're over 40 last... sorry that was inappropriate let's keep going <laughs> and the last one as we alluded to this one is definitely the Kyle Lowry this is when the offensive player's off arm hooks the defender often in the process of attempting a shot in a non-basketball oh, oh, manner this okay. is That's... this is the Kyle Lowry yeah. this is the one he tries to pull every game 
and we, you know, he that's a Kyle Lowry, Chris Paul. He's not a Raptor anymore. Yeah. We could shit talk him. So yeah, it's a Kyle Lowry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm getting it. I swear, there. if he starts getting those calls in Miami, I'm gonna be so upset because he <laughs> yeah. never got those calls in Toronto. The amount of actual and ones he's going to get now because he's a Heat player. Yeah. Damn. Oh, that's that's rude. Okay, so while we were talking about that, I, I pulled up some quirky uh, rules that are still in play, actually. Uh, now, you know, granted, these are from Reddit and some other sites that I can't really say that are real, but these are some pretty funny uh, rules that I want to ask you guys. Uh, I won't tell you what they are until you try to explain it to me first. So I'm going to tell you what it like, what it's called, and then you try to explain it to me, okay? Oh, fun. What it's called? Okay, so like a hack-a-shack. Yeah, ex- okay. yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so this rule is called a off-the-bounce shot as time expires. An off-the-bounce off shot. The bounce. Um, so it's never actually happened in a game, but if it has, this is the rule for it. The, uh, the, the Jeremy Lamb jam, I don't know. I'm thinking like it's it's... A shot that looks like it's after the buzzer, but it off counts because it's in the motion of like he's dribbling and doesn't touch the ball again, and it ends up. You're being a on shot. the I don't know. right. You're on the right track. So basically, it, like when you shoot after for, for a buzzer beater, not normally are you going to shoot, you know, two or you know, I don't know, four seconds before the shot shot is or the time runs out so when you shoot the ball for a buzzer beater normally it's going to not hit the floor yet because if it hits the floor uh after the buzzer then it's a dead ball right but if you shoot if the shot attempted ended the moment uh no sorry if the ball bounced on the ground before the buzzer the player who attempted the shot would be basically considered the greatest horse player in the world (laughs) So it's like it's like one of those like half court heaves. It's an air ball, but it's so bad that it bounces in. Yeah, it bounces oh and it bounces. In, but but the ball has to have bounced on the ground before the buzzer. The buzzer, exactly. Ah, that that's actually, a quirky one. That's a quirky one. Uh, right the uh, okay, so it's not an air ball per se. It's uh, oh, it's an air ball. No, but like it is, but it's not so. So the fact that someone had it in mind, uh, okay, I have to get it in an air in the air, but bounce it before the buzzer actually <laughs> buzzes. Is now, it is crazy. it a crater shot? Because it's like this thing that's coming down like from the air and it hits the ground. I don't know what is this. I'll, I'll call that's... it the slinky because it's, it's going <laughs> up and down, but not as high. I don't know. Okay, here's another one. Um, I don't have the like, I can explain it to you, but I've never really heard about this. Uh, did you know that the road team chooses the opening basket? No, I did not. Right. Really? So this this came to mind. Well, like, if you were the road team, would you want your team on the defensive or the offensive end? I would say the defensive end because then the coach can call out who to defend and what play, right? But it switches at halftime, right? So yeah. I'd it make it so that – so, so do you want to be shooting in front of your bench in the fourth quarter or in front of the opponent's bench? Like, I, for me, it's like I want to be shooting in front of my bench – in front in of the, the fourth, fourth quarter in the first half in the first in half? the in the fourth quarter so so i guess work backwards right so um you know shooting in is shooting in front of the opponent's bench in the first half and then switching over so i'm shooting in front of my bench in the second but half so i don't have to worry about any jinxing yeah. in the fourth quarter right i think that's right i i think i think i agree with you i think i would rather shoot on the our uh our bench 
I guess, our bench on the end of the game because then yeah. you can because then the coach can yell out schemes too. And yeah, like, yeah. Nick Nurse always like yelling out like, you know, pistol or something like that, but yeah. like really far and then they can't hear them, right? So I rather would shoot at the end of the game on our bench, I think. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know road teams were choosing yeah. that. Okay, here's another one I think you guys would like. The no shadow rule. What is that? Oh, the Shaquille O'Neal get stay on the damn ground rule. Stop breaking the backboards. <laughs> okay, okay. You're you're on the right track, but what does that rule consist of? Uh, you can't hang on to the back. It's, I think I know this one. You can't like hang on to the backboard in a way that would that would snap the rim off the backboard. It's something like that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jay, what do you about you? Yeah, no, I was gonna. Yeah, I think Dre's Dre's nailed it. And I, what I don't know is what's the punishment. <laughs> If, okay, if you gotta pay for that damn net first off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, one, you get a technical like oh, basically, yeah, you're right. It's about the shadow backboard. You would get charged for a technical foul yes. and unsportsmanlike, and probably <laughs> fine. Who's going to change that net, right? But what the funniest rule about this is that if it happens, the basket that you dunked doesn't count. Oh, I didn't know Wait, that what? part. I did not know yeah. that part. I knew about yeah. the unsportsmanlike conduct, which that makes me laugh because it's like there's nothing more unsportsmanlike than like ending the damn game for like 10 minutes where it's like that that's unsportsmanlike. But uh, I didn't know you didn't get the basket. Wow. Yeah. I guess it's considered yeah. offensive goaltending in a way. It, it may be. I don't which, know. Which it's NBA, just... by the way, on a side note, which NBA player do you think right now could shatter the backboard if they wanted to? Joel Zion. Or Joel maybe. Ooh, oh, but, right. but Zion, I feel like, would be like, yeah, breaking back. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> or probably... Joke is just for pure bulk. <laughs> That's what I think. <laughs> and you and you can't like discredit LeBron either. He he probably has some ferocious dunks in. So. Are we? Is this only for dunking? Because Ben Simmons might by shooting. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's a good one. That's good. One. Yeah, those are some notable ones. There's some strange ones too, like the six man rule, the no logo rule, but I, I think that's that's probably uh, exempt now. But also, they they made a huge deal about the dress code rule too. Oh, because um, of AI. Because of AI. Yeah. But did you, do you remember what? Uh, shoot, I think I think AI wore a shirt that was like the Slam Magazine shirt of himself. Yeah. Oh, like that's yeah. So- that's so cool. I, I would oh. totally do that. I mean, that's that's an iconic cover, by the way. And yeah, I'm going to yeah. use this time to quickly plug, um, if you guys haven't seen yet, Alex Wong. Alex Wong, yes. Yeah, sir. co-author of We the Champs. He just announced the other day he's got a new book coming out. It's all about slam covers, and I cannot Man, wait. Fun. Cannot wait to get oh, that. Amazing. Amazing. All right, so... Enough about uh, enough about quirky uh, NBA rules. Let us know what you guys think about the whole Drogic situation. Let us know what uh, you think about. You know, so do you guys have some weird wacky rules that we don't know about? But you know, let us know in the comments. Uh, but until then, let's take a little bit of break, and we'll talk about some summer league when we come back. Talk to you guys.
And after that commercial break, uh, yes, Dennis Schroeder, that deal is still real. Anyway, welcome back to uh, That's a Rap podcast. And um, yeah, we're going to be talking about Summer League stuff. That's always fun. Yep. Before we get into that, though, you know what I would love to find out about if there was a book? I want to know um, NBA players and WNBA players, like, secret talents. For example, I had no idea Dennis Schroeder was such a good skateboarder. That's incredible. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, they used to have uh, Inside the NBA during All-Star Weekend. They used to do the talent show. So you could see, like, uh, Robin Lopez designing sneakers. Um, you could see... Uh, oh. Uh, Oladipo, yeah, with his singing, because he's, he's arguably yeah. the best singer that we've had in recent years. Um, Chris Bosch picking up the guitar. He's not excellent, but he's trying his best. You know, like, getting to see this side of the NBA, it's always really nice. Yeah, I, I love that. All right, well, anyways, welcome back to That's a Rap, a podcast by Raptors fans. For Raptors fans, Raptor fans, we are playing. There is Raptors basketball playing in Vegas right now where you can watch uh, Precious Achua and Malachi Flynn and Scotty Barnes, basically the future of the Raptors playing in Summer League. Uh, the As we are recording right now, the Raptors are two or two wins, one loss in this tournament so far, and we've seen some flashes i'd say let's let's start with scotty barnes have you guys had a chance to watch maybe not the games but some of the highlights of scotty i think he's looked great um you yeah. know, obviously we we here on this pod are, are scotty fans and you know we were quick to defend him when people were upset that jalen suggs wasn't drafted and i apologize that his name continues to come up but it, it's the reality of what's going to be like for the the next little while at least for raptors twitter they are going to keep comparing the two but they're two totally different guys. And Scotty Barnes, he it just he just looks so big. Like he it's does. you really it's, we, we joke around about how this team is made up of six foot nine guys with seven foot wingspans, but he looks that part, <laughs> right? I mean yeah. I I you know, if I if I was told without you know seeing them until now, Scotty and, and OG, their their heights and their wingspan, I'd believe it with Scotty. Like I'd be like are, are we sure yeah. he's human? Like this is, he looks like a beast. And what I like about him when comparing him to, to OG is that he already has um, some aspects that I feel like are ahead of the curve versus OG. And that's the ability to handle the rock, the ability to, to drive and create contact and get to the foul line. And yes, his, his shot is a work in progress, but he's already knocked down a couple of trays already. Like it's, I'm really excited about this guy. He's really lived up to the hype. And one more quick point about Scotty Barnes is, you know, his very first game, he came out double-double, 18 points, 10 boards. And, you know, the Scotty Barnes hype train kind of went overboard there, right? And everyone's getting, like, super excited. But then the scoring kind of tailed off over these last two games. But for me, he still is having a giant impact. Like, this last game alone against... Houston, there was a build as a matchup between him and Jalen Green, and neither of them really stood out on the stat sheet. But for me, he did. He had five blocks. So I don't know. He's uh, he's coming out for me. I feel like he's going to be similar to like he fits perfectly with this Raptors squad because whenever I don't know about you guys, when when I'm defending the Raptors, when when they're going through tough times and people are are really down on them and saying that they're not good and picking on Siakam and picking on whoever it is, I look at the stats or the plays that aren't showing up on the stat sheet, right? And, you know, we sit here and we defend Siakam because he's such a versatile defender. But then that doesn't show up on the stat sheet. 
I feel like Scotty mm. Barnes is exactly the same, right? He's he's making an impact on the defensive end. It may not show up in blocks necessarily or steals, but it's there. It's very obvious, and I'm excited. I I, I mm-hmm. can't stop gushing over this guy. I, I realize it's summer league and the competition mm-hmm. isn't the greatest, but uh, he looks like an NBA player, and I can't wait to see him grow. Yeah, his um, I I feel like like you said, Jay. He's not going to put up a lot of the stats, especially in his first year or in his second year. But I feel like it's going to be a lot like what OG did when he was in uh, beginning of the beginning of his career, where it's a lot of like you know the deflections and uh, the rebounds and and trying to just being there, being present, uh, because of such a large frame that Scotty has. It's going to be so intimidating for smaller guards, shooting guards. Uh, they don't want to get blocked, and Scotty has a seven-two like wingspan. Like he, they're going to get blocked many, many times. There was one a sequence in, I believe it was the Golden State game that in summer league where he like blocked the crap out of somebody. He said, "Give me that ish," and then it, there was a uh, transition three from Malachi, and right there that sequence was the future of the raptors you know i, I mean i could That's there's it. a lot more nuances to it but that in itself was incredible uh like dre like have do you, are you aren't you like excited uh to see what comes of barnes i think the raptors are one of those organizations where if you're young maybe not the coveted superstar like a lebron or uh, you know like anybody else like a scion there's still room to grow. I know a lot of the backlash that the Lakers have received has been that they don't take care of a lot of their, their, their younger players. So like, if you look at like a D'Angelo Russell who did better in Brooklyn, if you look at Brandon Ingram, who did better in new Orleans, if you look at Lonzo ball, who also did better in new Orleans, but might do even better still in Chicago. I don't know what the team's going to look like, but you know, there's a lot of this attached to Kyle Kuzma. Will he actually stay just completely, you know, inept in Washington, or is he going to start to shine? So you don't have to worry about that in Toronto, which I've always liked. In Toronto, if you're young, in fact, if people don't even know who the hell you are at all, you might do well, like Siakam or Van Vliet. You know, the list goes on. So I feel like that with in mind, and knowing what we've seen so far with Barnes, and knowing what we need, I feel like we're in a pretty good position. I'm not saying that we're going to be a great team or anything right now, but I'm saying rebuild mode might not be that long. Yeah, and I wouldn't even call it rebuild mode. Yeah. And I know you were asking earlier about stats. I found one. I, I'm very nitpicky on this, so it's it's whatever. Take it for what it is. But if you think about big men in the NBA and the impact that they have, and and someone that I keep bragging about right now on this pod, Scotty Barnes and what he can bring. Uh, I'm taking a look at the summer league stats here. And again, very, very nitpicky here. But for looking at players in the summer league right now in Vegas with at least two blocks per game, at least one steal. And let's throw in one more big man stat here. At least two offensive rebounds per game. Scotty Barnes is one of only six players to achieve those uh, thresholds. So, Again, I'm just nitpicking here to to paint a narrative, but what I'm trying to get at is he's making an impact already, and, yeah. uh, again, and not it just only adds on one, to the one side of the one side of the ball too. 
he's making an impact on both offensively and defensively. Yeah, the threes he's hit, they've looked good. Like it's he's he's not Ben Simmons, folks. He's he's hitting threes. He's taking threes and he's hitting them. So well, so is Ben Simmons in summer exciting. league, but I mean. <laughs> I, well, I, yeah, I, I, I don't want to plant that seed. I'm just saying. <laughs> I do. Okay, wherever Ben Simmons goes, I feel like he's going to go to New Orleans. But wherever he goes, I seriously hope they have a good shooting coach. Is there anybody on this uh, team, this Vegas summer league, that has been, uh, I guess, more of a standout or more of a, I don't know, a surprise? Because, yes, we understand that Scotty Barnes, pick number four, he's going to make an impact for the Raptors. We already know this. Now that Kai Flynn, he looks like he's playing uh, like he's above this league, which I, which he is. He it, it, He's playing like he shouldn't be here right now. Precious Ochoa, uh, he's going to be a, a, I feel that he's going to be an incredible backup center for us. Is there anybody else that you feel like should have a better shot uh, come closer to training camp? I've got two names uh, I'm going to bring up here. But first, just a quick note on Precious. I would argue that he could even start. I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but like it's between him and Birch. And I, I know I realize that Birch is kind of the incumbent starter here. And uh, but yeah, Precious there, has had some minutes excitement. though. Precious has had yeah, some I, minutes. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Precious is starting, but maybe they do give it to Birch. You know that that uh, you know him being the veteran on this squad, and it's kind of weird. Like I, I'm jumping off to the side here on a tangent, but I I was quickly looking through what our our makeup is as a team age-wise. So let's assume for a second that Dragic is not on this team and he gets traded and we end up with some young prospect or even if it ends up Dwight Powell or whoever. The Raptors, as far as I've seen, I'm not done my research yet, would be the only team in the NBA with no one aged 30 or over. I don't know if that that's not... I can't say that that's fact yet. It is something I'm looking into, but even like if I think about the 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 team that had the youngest average age last year, the the Thunder, uh, even they have a 30 year old on their team. So I'm I'm still researching this, but totally an aside. Just want to throw that out there that we could be one of the youngest teams heading into next season, and that's kind of exciting. Can you imagine if um, we face the Lakers in in the finals? <laughs> <laughs> We're like. 10 players of theirs are all older than ours. It's like that um, season of Survivor where it's like the millennials versus the boomers. Like, <laughs> um, it, that and, it's all PC versus Mac. Theory. <laughs> that's what it is, right? I love that. Um, so, yeah, going back to your question there, Jason. So the two names I'm going to bring up here. First is Toronto native Delano Benton. He's looked very good. Uh, I know he's had his lapses there a lot very turnover prone, but at the same time, this is summer league, right? And he is showing this aggressiveness that I really like. And, you know, something that will be lost with Lowry no longer with the team and Powell no longer with the team. Like you're losing guys who are going to run at that rim and attack it with fury. And we're getting that with Scotty Barnes. And I, I feel that with Delano and the great thing about him as well is that he's six, nine, Right. Yeah. So he's another one of those six, nine, seven foot wingspan guys, but he's a point guard. So he handles it well, too. Right. And w- the cool thing with that is that, you know, as opposed to Fred Van Vliet, who a lot of the times his passes are deflected because of his height, Delano's just looking over his defenders. Right. So he's exciting me. And, and I, I think that right now he's probably in line to get a, a minimum contract. He's probably going to spend a lot of time in the 905, but uh, he, he looks like a good pickup there. So, that's one name I want to bring up. The other name I'm going to bring up is Freddie Gillespie, and oh, yeah. it's on the opposite end. He has not looked good at all. 
Uh, in all three games, he shot poorly. He just looks out of sorts. Uh, the excitement that was surrounding him last season doesn't seem to be there anymore. And I don't know what what the cause of this could be, but uh, I, I don't think he should be resting on his laurels that he was with the team last year because that doesn't guarantee that he will be on the squad in opening day. As it stands, he has uh, a partial guarantee in a contract, which kicks in if he's still on the team in, I believe, the first week of September. And if he's still on the team come opening day, then he's fully guaranteed. But it's to say he's not guaranteed. So he'd better pick up his play over this this next couple of games because uh, so far it has not looked good. And now that the Raptors have stocked up on bigs, he almost becomes expendable. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I hope he picks it up. But um, yeah, Dre, Dre, over to you. Uh, yeah, um, sorry, Eric Andre. I mean, you know, we've seen what happens with. Uh, <laughs> I, I think he's hilarious off the court too. But like, uh, we've seen what happens when you don't show up on this team. You know, somebody like like Cameron Payne, who's done pretty well in the Suns, but you know, when he wasn't cutting it with the Raptors, that was it. You know, I don't need to say more. So. The Raptors have never really just hung on to somebody who wasn't doing well unless you they really didn't have a choice. And I don't want to be too hard on on um, on Aaron Baines, especially with the stuff that he's going through. Uh, shout out! I hope you uh, you heal up uh, really quickly. But I feel like they didn't have a choice. If they had Birch and whatnot earlier last season, I feel like he would have just been cut or something. But you know, if they have a choice and they do right now. And there's that chopping block, you know, nursing company, they don't care. So, yeah, I agree. Gillespie's got a show. Otherwise, we might not see him come the start of the season. Yep. Um, which kind of sucks because I feel like he was a fan favorite to a pretty oh, he's jokes. Uh, year. Yeah, it was a lot of fun to 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 watch. But it's, it's almost like, I, I don't know, the flavor is gone or I, I don't know. He, he just doesn't have that sauce. And he stopped, he stopped and, partying in the USA, apparently. Maybe, maybe. Uh, or he or he watched that too much and then was embarrassed about it. But, you know, like Freddie, we want you to come back. Like we, we I like him. I like Freddie Gillespie. I think he has a lot of potential. The one uh, kid who I am very excited about, I don't know because I know he was only signed for a two year non guaranteed contract with the Raptors is Ishmael Wainwright. Yes. Uh, this guy is humongous. Six foot five, like maybe not tall wise, but 235 pounds, seven foot one wingspan. He's built like a freight truck. He's basically known for a three and D role. He can shoot the three. Uh, he's, he he's like a pest on the uh, on the defensive end, uh, which you saw during that Houston Rockets game. Um, it was he 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 excites me a lot. Like his frame, he reminds me of when he reminds me of PJ Tucker. I feel like he like that that just aggressive that strong man that he's going to be on the defensive end. I hope he's not like that's his that's who I hope the ceiling is for Ishmael. The bottom is Joey Dorsey. Oh, <laughs> no. A lot of times we we've seen like uh, a NBA body ready player who's just not NBA player ready. So I, I feel like I hope that he makes his way onto the team, if not the nine oh five, but he is somebody I am very excited about. I've heard that also. I actually I like the PJ Tucker reference more than the other one. I heard was that he's like a thick Rondé Hollis Jefferson, but I, I'd prefer the PJ Tucker one because at least PJ Tucker hits the corner three, and, and so does Wayne Wright. So I, I like that comparison better. Nice. 
Nice. Uh, but yeah, it, and in, in terms of the rest of the roster, I mean, a couple of other minor signings that happened along this week. Isaac Bonga, uh, forward out of, uh, you know, he was part of the Wizards and looks like they gave up on him after three years, but he's only 21. He is exactly, you know, I think he's also 6'9 <laughs> with a 7 foot wingspan. <laughs> yeah. uh, so <laughs> he yeah. does fit the bill as a Raptor. Uh, so um, he's he was signed. Uh, Sam Decker was signed out of Europe. I, I, I don't know what to say about this guy. Um, yep. Not hearing some great things because, you know, apparently he's, uh, you know what, let's just, let's, let's just leave it at like the vibes around him are not good. He's, um, yeah. that's it. That's a, yeah, yeah. TBA maybe, or like, a, yeah, yeah. This It's not as bad as a, a, I wouldn't say he's a redacted yet, but, um, yeah. let's just say I, of the, of the players that have been signed, one of them is going to get cut at least one. Um, you know, you know, I, you know, actually I won't finish that sentence. You, you guys can draw your own conclusions. No, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, let, let's see. You know what? I, I'm never going to, you know, just throw uh, any opportunity out of the water. I, I feel like Decker is here, um, for a reason. If he's being signed, uh, not traded for not, it's not a Dodger situation. He's being signed by the Raptors. Of course, it depends on if he's going to perform for them and, you know, we'll see if he's going to be on the roster come the opening day or, you know, for the rest of the season. We'll see. But there you have it, Raptors fans. Another episode in the books talking about your beloved Toronto Raptors and some funny uh, NBA rules. But until then, the Raptors are still playing in the Vegas League. I hope you guys are watching. Dre, where can we find you, brother? You can find me on Twitter at Andreas Babs. You can follow my film editorial and review website, Films Fatale, F-I-L-F-S, F-A-T-A-L-E dot com, no spaces. Yeah, uh, I've got a movie podcast called The K-Cut, where we just discuss film and all of its extremities. We've done some interesting stuff lately, like films based on our mood. So, you know, if we're disgusted, if we're happy, or if we're in love, one of the best movies to watch. Um, We also did... A whole episode of Tom Hanks, watching stuff of his that we've never seen before, discussing his best, you know, hidden gems, as well as his fan favorites. Otherwise, yeah, just love talking movies. Uh, Jay, on to you. Yeah, you can catch me on Twitter at Rosalesaurus, R-O-S-A-L-E-S-A-U-R-U-S. Catch uh, my writing and this podcast, as you are right now, on Raptors HQ. And that's all for me. Jason, over to you sir and you can find all of us at that's a rap pod uh we're not you know too involved with twitter right at the moment just because you know we got a lot of things going on but when it comes to the season for the toronto raptors we will be quite active but again shoot us a message on twitter shoot us a message on uh an email or anything like that you know we're still active we're still going to keep on uh banging out these episodes because we love talking raptors but until then raptors fans that's a rep. And to no one's surprise, Udonis Haslam is still a heat. That's the, that's the best stat. That's still the best stat line. Was it two points, two rebounds, two minutes, two two texts? <laughs> that's the best stat line. That should be a T-shirt, man. <laughs> <laughs>